0: Our gospel this morning comes from the Gospel of John, the 11th chapter, Select Verses. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. The sisters sent a message to Jesus, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death, rather it is for God's glory so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again and the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, "'Where have you laid him?' "'They said to him, "'Lord, come and see.' "'Jesus began to weep. "'Then Jesus, again, greatly disturbed, "'came to the tomb. "'It was a cave, "'and a stone was lying against it. "'Jesus said, "'Take away the stone. "'Martha, the sister of the dead man, "'said to him, "'Lord, already there is a stench "'because he has been dead four days.' The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. We well, you know, this gospel reading uh, appointed for the fifth Sunday of Lent, it's really one of the great passages in all of John's gospel. I love how John sets this up. Jesus, at first, gets this message from Mary and Martha. Both of them are sisters. And they tell Jesus, through this message, that their brother, Lazarus, whom Jesus clearly loved, was gravely ill. The implication being, hey, Lord, we need you here pronto, And of course, Jesus just rushes right over, right? (laughs) No, actually. John's gospel says what? He says that Jesus, when he heard this, he remained in the place two more days. And then when he did show up, Lazarus had been buried for over four days. So Jesus breaks every rule in pastoral care here. And so when Jesus does at last see Martha and when Martha sees him, Martha says, and Mary will say the same thing a little bit later on, and you can just hear the disappointment in Martha's voice. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I mean, here in this very passage, we see the real mystery and the real struggle of our faith, namely of God's absence. God's slowness, at least from our perspective of his intervention in our life. I mean, that's a word for us. I mean, we could very easily to say right now, today, Lord, if only you would have been here, this virus that's shutting things down, that's you know, threatening lives, that's taking people's lives, none of this would have happened. I wish we had a lot more time. I've been thinking a lot lately about the teachings of Thomas Aquinas. I've referred to him many times, one of my great theological heroes, and his understanding of the problem of evil. One of the things that Thomas taught was that God does not will directly any kind of evil. Well, why? Well, God is goodness itself. God is love itself. So God does not will directly things like sickness or this virus or disease or any kind of evil, but God does permit them and God permits them so that a greater good might come about. So, does that mean that this tidies everything up and, oh, okay, everything's great now. Some great good is going to come about. No, I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is this. Did God will this virus to affect so many people? No, he didn't will it. But has God permitted it? Well, yes, clearly. Can God create something good out of it? yes. Well, what's that good going to be? I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, many times the good that can come out of some event may take years, decades, centuries before that good happens. I mean, I think about my own life. We can think about our lives together. I mean, there have been, when I reflect back, terrible things that have happened to me in the past. Did God Will those terrible things to happen? No, but in hindsight, I can honestly say some good things did come about that shaped me who I am today and shaped me for the better. I mean, for all we know, there could be a scientific breakthrough that will be the result of this virus that could benefit generations from now or many generations preceding this one. I don't know. See, our issue is that our perspective in reality is just so small. You know, we're here, we're watching this video, we cannot see what's going to happen an hour from now, and yet God can see all of time at the same time. I mean, he knows how an event, you know, here may benefit something uh, else, you know, here years apart, where we lack that kind of thing. Again, am I saying, oh, well, then we should be cool with the coronavirus. Everything is fine. (laughs) No, we should actually pray for its eradication and, and seek its eradication. All I'm saying is that God can create some good out of these evils. I mean, you think about our lesson, Lazarus is dead. And yet Jesus says, what this has happened So that the Son of God may be glorified in it and through it. And then what does Jesus say next? He says to Martha, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. See, right now as Christians, we should stake everything on this declaration. What is Jesus saying? That he is only life. He is only on the side of life. Jesus is never on the side of death at all. He is life itself. So here in John's Gospel, you have Jesus on one side, He's life, and then on the other side, you've got sickness and death and mourning. And what does Jesus do? He goes right into the middle of all of these things to infuse it with his life. Jesus is nothing but life. And then what happens according to John? John says that Jesus sees Martha and Mary weeping. He sees the Jews weeping. He sees all of these people weeping. And then John says in verse 33, That Jesus was greatly disturbed. And then John says, Jesus wept. Many people know that is the shortest verse in all the Bible. Jesus wept. And then again, a few verses later, Jesus was greatly disturbed. Now, that phrase in the English, greatly disturbed, in the Greek, It literally means Jesus snorted with anger within himself. So Jesus here is actually angry. He's furious. He's snorting within his spirit. It's very crude to even hear that, isn't it? He's like this raging bull that's snorting out of anger. That's exactly why Jesus wept. Jesus is not weeping here because he's sad at Lazarus's death so much. And of course, we're not going to discount that. Of course, he's sad. And it's not because he's sad that Mary and Martha and everybody else is weeping. Although, yes, Jesus is sad by that. Why did he weep? Because he was angry. Now, what was he angry at? Mary? Martha? The Jewish people are weeping? Clearly not. Jesus here is angry at the phenomenon of death itself. Friends, this is where it all comes down to. I can't say it any more starkly than this. Jesus hates death. See, we have gotten to the place where we have reconciled ourselves with death. You know, we've learned to adjust with it. It's just just a part of life. We say, no, that's not how Jesus responded to death. Jesus despises death. You know, I think about the the words that Paul uses in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul refers to death as God's enemy. See, death is God's enemy. Jesus comes to wipe death out, not to reconcile ourselves with death, but to vanquish it. Jesus saw death as this vandal That has come and done damage to God's good creation. Okay? And then, of course, we come to the climax of the story. Jesus summons Lazarus by name Lazarus, come out. Then Lazarus, who has been dead for four days, his body was already putrefying. You know, in the King James Version, you know, uh, Mary has that great line in the King James. Lord, already Lazarus stinketh. (laughs) He calls him out, and yet there Lazarus comes, completely alive. And Jesus ends with those words, unbind him and let him go. Now, this story in John's gospel is clearly a sign of what's to come two weeks from now. A sign of the resurrection, when, when Jesus will come out of the tomb But yet it's also a sign for what will happen to us. Jesus will summon all of the faithful from their graves on the last day. And that's actually our great hope. Jesus in John chapter 5. Go back and read John chapter 5 in verse 29. Jesus says, The time is coming when the faithful will hear my voice and they will come out of their graves. See, that's the hope that we have right now. Right, the last thing I'll say is a group of us went just a few weeks ago to Israel and we visited uh, Bethany and the site of Lazarus's tomb. So you go into this space and uh, there's the tomb and you can go into it, but it's actually very small. It's this claustrophobic space. And there are these docents I guess you could call them, who, who work at the site, who stand outside the tomb's entrance. And so since not everybody, because of the size, could go in at once, uh, if, if a group was waiting uh, or took too long to come out, what the docents would do is they would say, your name, and then come out. <laughs> so there I am in the tomb, and then eventually I hear, Shane, come out. Now that's, you know, that's humorous and, and clever, but actually it's a great sign. That is the day we're all waiting for, when Jesus will call all who love him by name and summon them, as he did Lazarus, from their graves. Death is God's enemy, but God will make good come from it. And therefore, we know that all the evils of the world suffering, things like this coronavirus, stand on the opposite side of Christ. And yet we know that Jesus will get the last word when he calls each of us by name. Thanks be to God.